When God joins a man and woman together, it was for the sole purpose of divine covenant and communion. That bond, that union, and which is called marriage, as diversities, trials, and tribulations, like any other walk in life that nobody prepared us for. Nobody taught us the true meaning of the vows we took in front of hundreds of witnesses that sat before us the day we walked down the aisle. But what about the days, the months, and years after? Think about it. Who taught you how to be married? Did anyone prepare you or give you the proper training on marriage? Yes, we watched our parents, but did we learn the righteousness? Did we see the many disagreements and arguments? See, we learned and was taught that love will cure everything. But what about the knowledge, the wisdom, and the understanding? We all need help. We all need guidance. We all need direction. So this recorded session with Chris Jones, his beautiful wife Maria Jones, and Andrew Adams called The Grace Place, hopefully could inspire, encourage, motivate, and save someone's marriage. This is not counseling or therapy session, but it could be used as such. This is simply an open discussion, a conversation, and dialogue. Stay tuned as AA Productions presents Grace Place. Good evening, good afternoon, well, good morning, good afternoon, mm. good evening, wherever you are. Hopefully we find you find this podcast and the ones we've done before interesting and uh, help to somebody. And because it's just, marriage is, again, like I said, we said before in the first podcast, it's not upheld and took as value as it was back so many years ago. So today we're going to talk about handling conflict and forgiveness in a marriage and today i'm gonna do a lot of listening because <laughs> this is something what i need to listen to and y'all pretty much got the experience because of 24 years marriage and all that kind of stuff again i'm only five in so a lot of this is gonna be kind of touching to me and to the point of me right and okay. i'm gonna take it not personal but i'm gonna look at it look at it as being personal because it's a lot of things that i don't know I don't know, and I'm trying to figure it out, and hopefully that y'all can help me figure it out. So it's like a counseling to me, but not to me, but for everybody. Right. Right. All right. Okay. Again, I'm Andrew. This is Chris. Chris and Marie Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're here to, I guess, bring another enlightened, enlightening subject or topic to marriage or to your marriage. Uh, handling conflict is something we all want to deal with. There's no way around it. And handling conflict is comes down to how to handle your conflict and resolve your issues uh, peacefully. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, one of the goals, too, um, of this particular podcast around um, handling conflict and forgiveness is to help us recognize some of the sources of conflict in our relationship. You know, like Chris just said, we're all going to encounter conflict. If you feel like you're going to live a conflict-free life, think again, because it's just not going to happen. Um, You know, the Bible even tells us that, you know, troubles are going to come. And the Bible tells us how to deal with those, you know, troubles and problems. Even as Christian people, we're going to have troubles and conflicts and um, barriers and walls in our lives. So uh, being that we know that conflict is going to happen, that it's coming, um, it's a good idea to be prepared. 
you know, to be prepared for that conflict and know how um, to deal with it and know how to bring some resolution to conflict. So um, to get us started and to kick us off, I want us to talk um, a little bit about some of those things that trigger conflict in our marriages, because there are our you know, top three, top five things that we see over and over and over and over again. So I'm going to let Chris go there with uh, some of those top conflicts. that You we know, I'm with. smiling already because <laughs> the two things that we deal with the most mm-hmm. is money mm-hmm. and sex. Mm-hmm. Because everything else is is going to follow that. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, if you don't have enough money, then you're gonna you're gonna be at each at each other's throat, or someone is mismanaging the money or spending money that the other person didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Then you're gonna there's a trust factor coming in because right. now I'm, I'm gonna start sitting sitting or setting money aside because I don't know what you're gonna do. Right, right. That's where the two bank accounts come in and all that kind of exactly. Stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the two bank accounts aren't necessarily a bad thing, but it's when you withhold the, that information or you're withholding those assets and you're not discussing them with your um, your spouse is what brings about that um, unhealthy conflict in your relationship. So along with the money and the sex, there's typically child rearing. That was next. Couples tend to um, have differences in how they want to rear their children. Uh, my husband and I, we were raised um, a lot differently. Um, my husband grew up primarily with his mother and his father. So there was a strict hand of discipline from his father in the house uh, household. But I grew up in a single parent family and my mom was very soft spoken. Um, I could probably go as far to say that my mom really didn't believe in corporal discipline, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because she felt like, you know, the communication and that connection was more important than physical discipline. I'm not saying anything is wrong with that at all, because the Bible does tell us that, you know, we need to, you know, sometimes physically discipline our children, but that's the difference. Mm -hmm. That was one of the difference in our uh, relationship and uh, even in how we... (laughs) And that did bring about conflict. It did. And even with just with the discipline, what about the raising the emotion part because I found in my relationship that if I'm not kissing and hugging and showing the affection to my kids where she does show the affection and stuff that mm-hmm. causes a conflict also because right. it sure can I was told that I don't show enough love to my kids right mm-hmm. but me as a man is not my I feel like that my my uh the way I show love to my kids it's not going to be the same as she show love to her kids because I am coming with from the masculine side right. and she's coming from the feminine side. And that's where having those differences, mm-hmm. whether you was raised in a more, uh, not a f- physical touching family, mm-hmm. but a more verbally, verbally right, right. responsive family where she was physically touched. Right. And right. to add those balances to that, not saying neither one is wrong, not saying neither one right, is right, right, but it's just what's in uh, what is good for your environment. For your environment. And and the environment is really what you want to set right. to where your kids can receive. Right. You know. And I and like I and like I said, my family I'm, was all even my mom have a lot of masculinity in her. When she right. talked is strong. My father was a strong talker. 
and I had all brothers. I don't have any sisters, so I never saw that loving, hug, and kissing. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's wrong, but then she saw that because she was raised with the uh, uh, her parents was hugging, kissing, and all that stuff on her. Yeah. So that kind of caused the conflict also. Mm-hmm. And during that time, it's good to kind of, there's nothing wrong with receiving the other person's form right. of love. Because right. we haven't talked about love languages, but you are developing love languages right. during that time. And when you're not being spoken your particular love language, mm-hmm. that will cause conflict. That will mm-hmm. cause conflict. So love language is another uh, conflict, right? Because not understanding the love language understanding the love language will okay. cause conflict right exactly because it's almost as if you're speaking german and she's speaking spanish, spanish right but right. you're trying to communicate but it's getting crossed right mm-hmm. okay all right any more of those yeah um in-laws Sometimes um, conflicts with your in-laws, you know, how you're going to communicate with them, uh, how Mm -hmm. much time you're going to spend with them, how much of your uh, uh, rearing, how much of your background you're going to bring into the relationship and the other person also brings into the relationship. Um, You know, how much your in-laws are going to have, um, how much influence will they have over you raising your kids. Right, Mm, exactly. Raising, you know, giving discipline to your children. Like uh, my wife just said, we were raised, we were raised differently. Mm -hmm. You know, I believed in corporate punishment, or my wife didn't. Right. And when it, you know, we start talking about putting them in time out, I was like, look, I am time out. Right. I'm gonna take time out to take care of this situation. Right. Right. But as I, as we continue to move along in our marriage i understood what she was saying Mm -hmm. i I understood and it had to be a balance you know you can't beat things in or out of a person right right there is a form of communication communication. that that we have to uh develop with our with our children Mm -hmm. with our spouse with our Mm in-laws just got married and you're in the market looking for a new house or maybe you're trying to sell your house look no more evan motley has got you covered reach out to him at 901-355-9286 again that's evan motley at 901-355-9286 turning heads barbershop looking for a barber or a beautician i got you turning heads barbershop is located at 2733 bartlett boulevard in memphis tennessee Turning Heads accepts walk-ins and appointments. Again, that's 2733 Bartlett Boulevard in the northeast part of Memphis. And as for Andre Hunt. And the thing, and like you said, with, uh, quote, I come from a uh, corporal punishment too. And But the thing is with that, I've grown to understand through my kids that a lot of times that's not even necessary because it's just communication. Communication. Yeah. Letting them open up to you. Whereas mm-hmm. still to this day, I, I remember a situation my wife had, not my wife, but her in-law, my in-laws had with their son. And he was beating them like four-year-old child, four, five-year-old child. He was beating them. And then he looked at me like, get your, because my, my son, his son into it. I was like, no, I'm not whooping my son for something that he's supposed to be doing. And they looked at me like I was weird. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. for doing something that they normally do. What, what I mean, they, they normally do. Kids. Right. I mean, they're going to do what kids do. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And sometimes I think you can get a message across, um, you know, with just verbal communication more, um, it, it would just be better than, you know, the the physical, mm-hmm. um, you know, interaction that you have with your kids. Because, you know, the Bible does tell us, too, not to provoke our children to raft. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes the way I see corporal punishment is, and especially when you get to a certain age, you know, um, uh, you know, the tweens, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the 11 and the 12, mm-hmm. you know, you get to 13, you know, those teenage years, you know, as a child, you know, you know, in, in their mind, they may be thinking, you know, you are just hitting me mm-hmm. and, and really not bringing a form of correction for right. them. Right. So I think, you know, that's something, you know, I know we step back to the child rearing, um, you know, uh, in, in the example around the in-laws. But I think that's something that, you know, as parents, we really have to think, you know, what is the best form of correction right. for this time? for this particular incident and for this child you know right. is it age appropriate you know does the the punishment fit the crime so right. to speak so you know we have to really be cognizant of that um i guess that there may be a lot of people out there wandering around yeah. you know mm-hmm. child rearing and mm-hmm. if you know what i'm doing is right or wrong because those things may be bringing conflict into their marriage because we're kind of staying you know here right. on the child rearing but i also think it's really important too for us to be prayerful, you know, about our children, because I know that our um, daughter, she's the oldest, and she is a lot different in her personality than our son. So the way that we communicate with her, the way that we interacted with her was a little bit different in the way that we communicate and interact with our son. So we really had to be mindful and prayerful around what do they need at this time. And is, you know, and, and their need is not dependent necessarily on our need, you know, our need for, you know, to release anger or even, you know, sometimes take revenge on our children. So we have to be very, um, you know, very cognizant and aware of, you know, what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do when it comes to uh, rearing our children. Even your outside kids, mm-hmm. you, there's that can be conflict because of the outside influence mm-hmm. of the uh children's mother Mm -hmm. a children's father Mm -hmm. uh, having that understood that this we are a united front right and we have to stand together Mm -hmm. when the outside kids because i do have i mean i do have you know three three more other children Mm -hmm. that are on the outside and I have to deal with them differently because I, they was not raised with me. Correct. Mm-hmm. I, I witnessed that same thing. I had three outside kids too. And and you have to separate it because they're not in your house. They didn't right. get that influence direct right. as your kids that's in the house with right. you. So there's right. going to be a difference. It, I mean, there's a, they, I mean, I love them all. Right. They're, they came from me. And I have to, I had to develop relationships with each and every one of them because right. their personalities are totally, totally different. different. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. And so the other um, um, piece to this that brings um, about conflict is time and how we manage our time. Okay. You know, I know um, 
as men, as fathers, you know, you all are um, breadwinners, you know, you're responsible for the home. And so sometimes, you know, men can put a lot of focus on their job. Mm -hmm. They can put a lot of time into their job and it may look as if, you know, to the wife and to the children that they're being neglected. Mm -hmm. But, you know, being able to balance, you know, and, and having an agreement around how are we going to spend our time, right. how we're going to spend our time with each other and how we're going to spend our time away from each other. But what we we found is that what separates um, uh, very successful couples and couples who are not successful in marriage is, is can be really be dependent on how they handle conflicts in their marriage. Mm -hmm. Because you think about it, successful couples are having the same or maybe even more level of conflict in their marriage as a couple who may not be successful in their marriage. But what's going to determine that outcome and what's going to determine whether or not you stay together and you have a long, successful marriage mm -hmm. is how you handle conflict because you know if if you handle it in a way that's abusive or that's mm -hmm. hurtful right. or that's shameful to your spouse then you know that's just going to bring up other issues in your marriage or revengeful right exactly I, I used to struggle with that i was you know if you do something to me i'm going to seek any and every way to get you back my wife brought that to my attention mm -hmm. that's not right Mm -hmm. Right, you're and wrong. I see that too in a lot of myself because grudges, basically holding grudges. Hold grudge. And yeah. I see, and even though it's not like I'm gonna get you back verbally or actually, it's in your head. You're mm -hmm. saying, just wait, just wait, just wait. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get you. And my wife, you, she sat me down and we talked about it. She mm -hmm. said, you can't be a revengeful person. Right, mm -hmm. right. You, that's not good. If you, if I've done something. Let me know so I can correct it. A lot of times we can hold grudges. That person don't know that you're even mad at them. Right. And right. You're a grudge or holding something in is almost like drinking poison and thinking, hoping that the other person died. Nothing's going to happen. But to you, because I'm, things, life is moving on. And I, to be mad, to hold things in. It's not going to change anything until you put it out on the table and give that person a chance to uh, explain or receive your feelings. Right. Because it could be a, just a total misunderstanding. Yeah, that's true. That is so true. I got another one. Um, how do you manage emotional infidelity? <laughs> When you say emotional infidelity, tell us tell us what you mean. Almost like uh, I want to say like I'm not giving you the emotional attention, or mm -hmm. you you feel like I'm not uh, you're not receiving enough emotional attention, or something like that. Okay. Um, when you threw, when you uh, added the word infidelity, that just brought up something totally different in my mind right. from what you just said. But mm -hmm. you, but you know you think about you know whenever you're withholding anything from your spouse, mm -hmm. so whether it's emotional attention, whether it's 
uh, monetary support, whether it's uh, sexual affection, you know, whatever conversation, whatever it is that you're withholding from your spouse mm -hmm. is going to bring up those conflicts in your marriage mm -hmm. and it's going to cause tension. So the same way I would say that you would handle any of those other things, that's the way you're going to have to handle the emotional infidelity as you um, put mm -hmm. it, Drew. Mm -hmm. um, you know, first of all, you've got to confront it. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime there's an issue in your relationship, um, in your marriage, you've got to confront it and you have to confront it with that person, not in a accusatory way, but letting that person know where you are, what you see and how you feel. Mm -hmm. You know, when so you, you have to express, you have to express it. Mm -hmm. Like Chris said, you know, you can't hold a grudge. You can't look at that situation and not call it what you perceive that it is. Mm -hmm. It may be something different to that other person. But until you can get it out, until you verbalize it to them, it's not going to mean the same thing that it does right. to you. Right. So that we talked about effective communication um, last week, and that's where you know that effective communication comes in. Um, you being able to send that message. You know, that I see this um, in the way that maybe you respond to me or in the way that you respond to someone else. And this is how it makes me feel. Right. Give that person an opportunity to receive that message and to respond back to you so that, you know, you, you, you all can be very, very clear about what it is that, you know, that, that you're feeling and that you see and your spouse can also be clear about what it is that, that they're feeling and that they see. Right, right. But you have to get it out there. And you know something, uh, we're going to talk about forgiveness in just a minute, but, you know, one of the things that um, we see when we deal with couples is that couples tend to withhold um uh, things that they want to talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not as open. They're not as forthcoming because they feel like if I put it out there to that other person, mm -hmm. it's going to even, even, it's going to cause an even greater conflict. It's Friday night and you don't feel like cooking. You can stop by the Chicken Coop of Memphis at 6665 Winchester Road and pick up some honey gold, lemon peppered, or seasoned wings at the Chicken Coop of Memphis, located near the intersection of Kirby Parkway and Winchester. Tell them Drew sent ya. That's the Chicken Coop of Memphis, 6665 Winchester Road. Do you keep getting denied credit and you don't know why? Maybe you're trying to buy a new home or a new car. Don't worry, clean credit executives have got your back. Hit up Fletcher at 901-335-1082. Again, that's Fletcher at 901-335-1082. Tell them Drew sent you. And that's what I mean by emotional infidelity. Mm -hmm. You're scared to say and express because you want to and you know it'll help, but yeah. you can't say it because they're not going to receive, receive it. it. Right, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. and, but Go ahead. And that was, you know, that was a good point, Marie that when people they want they want to say what it what's going on but they are so afraid mm -hmm. that that conflict is going right. to get worse they're already mm -hmm. at odds so nine times out of ten i get a phone call on the side right and i hear a whole bunch of stuff that they're not saying in front of their spouse mm -hmm. but they want to say but they're not saying and in my mind i'm thinking 
how can I be a fair assessment because mm-hmm. I don't know the other person's side. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. That's where the barbershop talk come in. We can give it right. to boys and we can say everything that we, we want to say, yes. but we can't say it to our wife. Yes. Right, yes. we come back yes. and we won't say anything, right. yeah. but there's another side. She's feeling a certain way. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You're feeling a, way, a certain way, she's feeling a certain way. Mm-hmm. So to have that, uh, to resolve those things, it comes down to being a good listener. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. right. So how do we get down to solving these uh, problems? Uh, these I don't want to call them habits, but how do we solve these problems? Okay. Well, I got a couple of things I, I got listed down as ways that closes your spouse's spirit. Okay. The first one is speaking harsh words. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is belittling one another's opinion. I hear that a lot. You know, they don't respect, he don't respect my opinion in this marriage. I have a say so, but I I hear this a lot. Uh, Someone being unwilling to admit when you're wrong. And that's another one. The hardest person to deal with is yourself. If if you can deal with your own situation, your own thoughts, your own uh, mistakes or issues. <laughs> right. You can deal with anyone else's issues. Right. Uh, the fourth one is taking a person for granted. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big one. Uh, the other one is making jokes at your spouse's expense. We don't. I recommend don't do that because. Mm-hmm. It's example. Give me an example. Making jokes at your spouse's expense. When your wife mm-hmm. is, she might be clumsy or mm-hmm. she's struggling uh, to lose weight. Okay. And you you might call her uh fatty. No, you don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do that. You might want to or my Marie come in and I tell you, man, look at her shoes. She look like a big old clown today. No, we can't do that. And yeah. we laughing and she's like Yeah, you're why? basically embarrassed. Right. Why yeah. why are you saying this to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why why are you treating me like that? Right. You're supposed to love me. You mm-hmm. you are there to cover me and mm-hmm. protect me. Mm-hmm. Why are you exposing me yeah. right. and right. putting me in harm's way? Mm-hmm. Right. Understand. Yeah. Understand. Yeah. Uh the next one is not trusting your spouse. Mm-hmm. Trust starts. It's the same as the insecurity. Right. Okay. Because that trust, if you come from a family or if you've seen your mother or your father commit infidelity mm-hmm. or taking your the mother and the father for granted, mm-hmm. you kind of perceive that as the truth. Mm-hmm. When you come across a person, whether male or female, they're all about you. Mm-hmm. But because of what you have seen when you were younger, growing up, mm-hmm. you think that they're out to get you. You think they're right. they're gonna they're gonna do something to you. Mm-hmm. But only thing they want to do is love you. Yeah. Right. Or or you may see um, some behaviors in your spouse that mimic behaviors in another person that you didn't trust. Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden those mistrustful feelings that you had towards that other person, mm-hmm. you now have those thoughts and feelings towards your spouse because you're seeing those same right. similar behaviors. Mm-hmm. And those behaviors may not mean anything. Mm-hmm. Your spouse could still be a trust, trustworthy person, but because you're associating those behaviors behaviors with mistrust, you put that mistrust on your spouse. Right. And I tell you what, um, you know, just 
you know, I, I, I just believe in any relationship that you're in with anyone, trust has to be paramount. Mm-hmm. Because I think trust is uh, akin to having faith, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and we know in our relationship with God, that is the the currency, mm-hmm. you know, of our relationship with God. We have to have faith in him. We have to trust him. And I think that that same relationship uh, between us and the father mirrors that relationship that we have between ourselves and our spouse and we have to have trust and if that trust is not there um how can i believe what you say that you're going to do mm-hmm. i have to have faith in that right. but if i don't have faith in what you tell me if i have if i don't have faith in your actions then i'm not going to trust you and if i don't trust you i believe that that just um i i just think you just cannot have a relationship mm-hmm. and especially a marriage relationship as close as you need to be with your spouse um, without that level of trust you had that that trust has to be there and I believe that trust is built over time and I believe that trust is built one action building on another action building on another action building on another action and gaining trust and gaining and, trust. And that's the key thing that I like to speak on because a lot of people, when they say, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you can, words, you can say it, they mean they hold ground. Yeah. But the action that you put behind it, it is, is the action. Is, and the steps you take to regaining that trust. Right. Exactly. That is so true. Um, you know, I can tell my husband, you know, every day, all day, baby, I love you. I love you so much. Oh, I love you. Oh, you know, you're the love of my life. But if he doesn't ever see any actions towards my love, Mm -hmm. if he doesn't ever see me expressing my love in uh, the things that I do for him, I say to him, Mm -hmm. um, how I behave around him, those are just words. And trust is that same way. You know, you can say to someone, yeah, you can trust me. Okay, but I need to see those actions. I need to see where your words are lining up with with your behavior and those things are meshing and those things are meshing over time. There needs to be a consistent rhythm in order for us to be able to really build up that trust with another person. That's good. That's a good point. Yeah. And I think if that trust is not there, it it is the antecedent for all of these other conflicts that are in our lives. And, you know, we may fight about our finances. Mm -hmm. You know, we may fight about money, but the undercurrent of that is I don't trust you with my finances. I don't trust you to take care of our needs. So we're going back and forth about the money. And it's really... Trust. I don't trust right. you. And the same with the sex. Right, like, exactly. I don't trust you. While we're in the bed together, why won't you touch me? Why mm-hmm. can't we come together? Right. Well, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. I went through your phone. Mm-hmm. I saw a message. Yeah. I saw you. I saw you received a phone call mm-hmm. and you stepped away, but you were just your be- emotion or your behavior mm-hmm. while you was on the phone. You know when you're talking to a male, you know, when you're talking to a female, right. you know, when you're talking business, you know, we talk to a family member. Mm-hmm. So all of that, we, people can hold those uh, feelings in mm-hmm. and don't know how to express them mm-hmm. or don't know when to express them. Mm-hmm. And when they express them, they don't say the right word. Exactly. Right. They and they kind of blow up. Right. 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 Exactly. And number seven uh, is forcing your spouse to do something that they're not comfortable with doing. Uh, the next one is being rude to your spouse in front of others. And that 
kind of goes in making jokes at your spouse's expense. Mm-hmm. Number nine is is another big one. It's uh, ignoring your spouse's genuine need as if it is less important than your own need. Mm-hmm. Let's elaborate on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Let's elaborate on that one because uh, um, a lot of us, we think we know what our spouse needs. Exactly. And it'd be totally opposite. Right. Yeah. And that's part of the knowing your spouse's love language. Right. Yeah. You know, when you're first married, or when you first get with a person, it's so easy. Mm-hmm. Everything is almost like you're in a plane that's on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Everything is easy. You know, whatever you, whatever joke you put out there, it's funny. Right. Whatever yeah. restaurant you want to go to, it's great. Right. Yeah. You know, whatever you want to do, it's man, it's it's you're on top of the world. Right. Man, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. Man, this right. is this is. You know, blue it's skies easy. and green green grass. But after that day, but after you say I do, <laughs> it seems like somebody hits the switch off of that airplane from autopilot to now you got to manually fly this right? Yeah. And we don't have the experience, or if you haven't been taught how, mm-hmm. then you're going in for a nosedive. Mm-hmm. Right. And most people say everything was fine till we, till we got married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what happened was it requires you to put in work. It requires mm-hmm. you to do something. Mm-hmm. Everything is not easy no more. The restaurant that you used to go to, mm-hmm. she can't stand. Mm-hmm. Right. The the jokes you used to say ain't funny ain't no funny more. Ain't funny no mm-hmm. more, right. Why is that? Mm-hmm. And then you say, what do you really like to do? Mm-hmm. Or who are you? Mm-hmm. Well, during that time, I thought we were knowing each other. Mm-hmm. No, that was a person who they wanted you to know. Mm-hmm. But who are you really? Mm-hmm. You know, when gotcha. you wake up in the morning, do you brush your teeth? Mm-hmm. Or do you do what do you do? You know, right. hey, I brush my teeth, I take a shower, I get up, but this person may not do that no more. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know that they were doing it. Mm-hmm. You just wasn't paying attention. Paying attention, right, right, right. Understand. Yeah. Those things were happening. We were so in love with the idea of being in love. Right. And it's and I notice you keep saying work. Work. W-O-R-K. Put it in work. And there's a Bible verse, I think, because you're good with the Bible. You're very, very good with it. And is, is it faith without work is faith dead? Faith without yeah. works is dead. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. And, and So in order for it. your faith to work, um, you have to do so. You have right. to put in action Actions. to it. Right. I can say all day I have faith. Right. But if I'm not practicing it, if mm-hmm. I'm not doing it, that's all I'm doing is just saying it. Right. And that's the same with I love you. I can right. tell you all day I love, tell my wife all day I love her. Right. But if I'm not working at it, mm-hmm. making a better me for her, she's making a better her for me. Right. Because when I'm weak, she's strong. Mm-hmm. When she's weak, I'm strong. Right. And that's we covering one another, not exposing right. each other. Yeah. Right. Do you have a business? Maybe you can't come up with a design or a logo. You might even have the logo, but need graphics and some astounding artwork to give your business that boost. Jade Genius is who you need for all your graphic design needs, including business cards, banners, car wraps, and more. Call 323-377-9027. Again, that's 323-377-9027. Also, you can follow him on Instagram and Facebook at jgeniusimperialbrand. Do you keep getting denied credit and you don't know why? Maybe you're trying to buy a new home or a new car. 
Don't worry, clean credit executives have got your back. Hit up Fletcher at 901-335-1082. Again, that's Fletcher at 901-335-1082. Tell them Drew sent you. So there are some signs when your um, spouse has a closed spirit or when that conflict has just taken hold in your marriage and it's beginning to, um, I would say, divide you in your marriage. And one of those is having a feeling of tension. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like, you know, you're walking through your house and it's the matrix. You know, you don't want to touch each other. You don't want right. to look at each other. You don't want to have anything um any connection with each other so that tension is there Mm -hmm. and then it's that that um that argumentative attitude you know i I just say anything and it just she just the other person just snapped that yep it's it's on right like my my uh, great aunt used to say just fly out the handle you know just go off and the other person is wondering you know what did i do you know what fuel did i add to this fire because you know they're thinking that they're just asking you know you a basic question Mm -hmm. um when there's loss of physical intimacy Mm -hmm. you know conflict really drives a wedge in our physical connection and um our physical physical connection with each other is one of the gifts that god gave us in marriage Mm -hmm. So God wants us to be physical and intimately physical with each other. And then those negative nonverbal um, signals and body language. Mm-hmm. You know, you're riding down the street and, you know, he's leaning left driving the car and she's right. leaning right driving the car, you know, because they don't want to be uh, connected, connected with each other. You right. know, there is no uh, physical touch. There's no physical um, connection when someone has a closed spirit mm-hmm. because that conflict has come in. Um, and, you know, began to erode uh, the connection that the couple has had in their marriage. Um, one thing that I wanted to, to uh, share with you all about conflict uh, so that we can be clear is that conflict is not the same thing as fighting. You know, mm-hmm. when you're when you're fighting with someone, you know, people agree, you know, sometimes and they fight with each other. But conflict is simply uh, what happens when two people disagree. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, being that we are, you know, Christian couples, we know that the word of God has given us a resolution for mm-hmm. always. Um, always, yeah, for our conflict. And I want to share this with you all from Matthew 18 and 15. Um, Jesus made it very, very clear. Um, he tells us not to um, ignore our issues. He tells us that we need to, you know, take care of those issues, that we need to, you know, make sure that we we are um, addressing those things that needs that um, needs to be addressed. And um, in, I want to uh, read to you guys, Matthew is 18 through 15, because that's going to give us a really, really good basis for what the word of God is telling us when it comes to conflicts and what we can do to be able to put the end uh, to some of those, um, how can I say it, the little foxes Mm -hmm. that destroy the vine in our relationships because conflicts are not always big arguments and big things. It could be, you know, just small things. Right, exactly. I don't want to go over your mom's house today. I don't want to... uh, I don't want them to come over to my house today. Right. right. I don't, you know, well, you said that last week. Yeah. So now it's just one weekend turns into another weekend, turns into another weekend. Right. Now it's a pile. Right. Right. Exactly. So um, in Matthew 18 and 15, it says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, 
Go and tell him his fault between you and that person alone. If they hear you, then you've gained that brother, meaning that, you know, you and that person, y'all are in agreement. But if that, but if he will not hear you, then take with you one or, one or two more that in the mouth of the two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Mm. And then it says that, you know, if you have to continue, you know, if that person doesn't hear you the second time, you may have to bring in, you know, some spiritual guidance right. so that you are maybe a, you know, a Christian counselor, you know, to help you all get on the, the, um, the right, right page. Mm-hmm. But first of all, Jesus is saying, if I have an issue with my husband, it is biblical for me to go to my husband and let him know this is my concern. Right. And if both of us are practicing that, if both of us are practicing bringing our concerns to the table, then we also should be practicing hearing each other. Mm-hmm. So then that fear is is uh, uh, that fear dissipates and we don't have issues coming to our spouse when there is a problem. And the Bible says that if you go to that person, if that person he- hears you, you warn them, that conflict is resolved. The enemy doesn't have a foothold mm-hmm. with you and in your marriage because that conflict is, is, is still there. It's resolved. But if I go to uh, Chris and I bring a problem and he's just not hearing me, well, you know something, baby. I am not explaining this to you in the right way, or I'm not getting my message across to you in the right way. Do you mind if we bring in, you know, someone who is uh, spiritually mature mm-hmm. to help us to be able to work through this conflict and these things? And I, and I, prayerfully, if if it's you know if the couples are praying together and they are you know reading the word together and they are truly you know uh, uh, walking in the word, there are going to be very, very few things that you need to bring in another person mm-hmm. to to your marriage. And I would say even before you go out to find another person, mm-hmm. you and your spouse need to pray about it. Mm-hmm. Bring the Holy Spirit into that conflict. You know, bring the Lord into that conflict. Start praying about it and ask God to reveal it to you all together so that you can be on the same page and see it together. But if you can't, you may need to bring in someone else. And if it can continues to happen, you know, like I said before, you may want to seek out some uh, spiritual counseling, some Christian counseling before, again, the enemy gains a foothold. Because what happens is when there's conflict in our marriage, when there's sin in our marriage and we're not getting along, the enemy sees that and he comes in and he makes it worse. It could be that you guys are just having a conflict about, you know, um, where you're going to send your children to school mm-hmm. and you know and 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 you just can't agree on that mm-hmm. but when he sees that door open he's coming in and before you know it is we're not agreeing on where we send the kids to school we're not agreeing right. on where more we more live we're not agreeing on right. how we spend our money how we spend our time Ten. where we go to church and things begin to escalate on you and the enemy will attack will attack your mind and say man you guys don't agree on nothing. Right. Why are y'all together? Yeah. Why are you even married? I go to work and I agree with that person at work all the time, but I can't mm-hmm. agree with my wife or my husband on anything. So we have to be really, really careful that when we see those little foxes come up, mm-hmm. we've got to make sure that we're cutting it off, mm-hmm. you know, uh, immediately and not allowing those things to grow and fester. And also, 
not allowing those things to be uh, to go unsaid and unheard. We have to hear each other and we have to be able to speak out when uh, when there are conflicts and issues in our relationship. And what are some of the ways that we should be able to do that uh, to basically open up your, your spouse's spirit, uh, open up a way to where that they will hear you, mm-hmm. you will be received. And one is become soft and tender with your spouse. You know, sometimes we can handle the people closest to us the roughest. The roughest, mm-hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. And if we can become tender and soft and be more understanding mm-hmm. and kind of put yourself in their shoes and kind of feel what they're feeling. Because Jesus felt every time we hurt, he hurt. That's mm-hmm. right. You know, whatever we feel, he feels. And that's that coming together as one. Uh, the second one is understand as much as possible what your spouse has gone through. Mm-hmm. We all have a past. Mm-hmm. We all have been through something. We all have been exposed to something. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a, a, a guy, a friend of mine, uh, he went through a divorce his wife was uh, molested, mm-hmm. but he could not understand or receive her hurt mm-hmm. because sometimes she did not want to be touched by him, mm-hmm. and he could not receive that. But she is she was tormented as a a a, a child. Mm-hmm. She was a very beautiful young, I mean, beautiful lady, mm-hmm. but because what was going on inside, mm-hmm. she could not reach him or project to him the love that he was desired. Mm-hmm. Was he wrong? Yes, was she wrong? I mean, we could go back and forth all day, but he never looked at what happened to her. Mm-hmm. How did she get in this situation? And I believe with all my heart, had he acknowledged that, mm-hmm. her hurt, her past, and kind mm-hmm. of been patient and went with her to counseling, stood right. by her, mm-hmm. they would still be together right. to this day right right uh, exactly. the third one is acknowledge that your spouse is hurting and apologize mm-hmm. i think that's one of the the big hurdles that it's hard for us to get over is to say i was wrong mm-hmm. i was wrong i always you know ask people name one person that's always right it's not a one person that's always it's right other than jesus christ that's right. it So you're not going to be right on everything that you do with your spouse, with your kids, with your siblings. Somebody's going to be right. Somebody's going to be wrong. You're not going to be right all the time. Yeah. Uh, Number four, we talked about this before, is uh, touch your spouse gently in a non-sexual way by hugging and holding hands. Mm -hmm. And that's just symbolic of communication Mm -hmm. that you are connected. I mean, I'm sorry, not communication, but being connected. You're still connected with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number five is seek forgiveness and wait for a response. Mm -hmm. It might not come when you want it to come. Right. And a lot of times when it don't come when we want it to come, I'll forget you then. Right. We go back to the room. Right. Right. We go Mm -hmm. back. So you have to put it up. Let them process. Mm -hmm. Give them a chance to process. Is he really sincere? Mm -hmm. Is she's really sincere? See, that goes back to uh, what you said uh, last uh, week. Uh, Consistency. Being consistent. Right. Right. Uh, The next one is always remember that saying I'm sorry does not complete your part. Your part is not completed until there is a result. Until there is resolution. Mm-hmm. 
So basically, just saying I'm sorry, that don't mean the problem is resolved. Mm -hmm. Right. Go back to the work. Go back, and it's not completed until it is resolved. Yeah, and, and and until it's resolved for both parties on both sides, mm-hmm. because resolution may look different for me than that resolution looks for Chris. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to make sure that that resolution is there for both sides. Right. And just, just a little tidbit, ways of enhancing or dealing with conflict is practice the art of listening. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong. We have two ears and one mouth. But some reason people won't talk as much as they listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you sit down and just listen, you know, you have two ears, one mouth. So both of your ears should be, you have two of those. Right. Use them more than you, you use, use your mouth. mouth. Right, right. <laughs> you know, something is conflict resolution requires a commitment to listen. Mm-hmm. Listening and understanding prevents many conflicts in marriage. Mm-hmm. It does. I mean, and the thing, and what's crazy about that is because listening, and I'm gonna use us men because we definitely have a hard time listening because of our ego. Right. We have <laughs> right. a big ego right. and a pride issue, and I find it in myself because I guess it's competitive ways. But I notice it if now, but if I as I go back in my younger years, even through uh, high school, com- my competitive nature mm-hmm. made my ego so big. Then now that I'm not even doing, that's a totally different life. Cause you know we changed, right? Yeah. But everything changed, but my ego. Right. I still had an ego from my younger years, right? Mm. And that competitive, you said that competitive nature, but you on the same team. But now. we on the same team. So fight you ain't other, right. right. You ain't gonna fight against your teammate. <laughs> right. You gotta fight with your teammate. You fight with if your teammate, teammate is struggling, you lift them up. Exactly. Right. It's the same way in marriage. That's good. That's a very good example. Um, since we're talking about uh, ways that we can um, overcome some of this conflict in our our marriages, mm-hmm. I wanted us to talk about forgiveness mm-hmm. um, because forgiveness is so important in any relationship. I think it's be. Very, very important. And I just want to emphasize something that um, Paul said in Ephesians. You know, he he talked about. Um, Um, uh, it it was almost like he was running the race Mm -hmm. and he says that he forget those things that are behind him Mm -hmm. and then he press forward and whenever I read that scripture I hear that scripture the the word press forward always just stands out to me and it always you know just it's, it's it's almost like it's illuminated in my mind because I think about you know when someone is pressing forward they're moving mm-hmm. forward it's almost like there's a hindrance in their way mm-hmm. and so they have to move you know really really hard use a lot of force to move forward because so that the thing that's behind them won't hold them back and that's what we have to do in our marriage and in our relationship we have to put so much effort and so much emphasis on moving forward mm-hmm. moving past what was said in the you know in the past moving past you know what hurt me you know what you did what you didn't do how you made me feel we really have to press hard and push forward to get those things out of the way not only out of our minds but out of our hearts and our spirits so that we can truly truly forgive that other person and so that we can behold ourselves because the thing about forgiveness is that if my husband does something to me that really 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 hurts me or anybody else and I'm, I'm holding a grudge against him 
and I'm so mad at him and I'm not talking to him and we're not connecting and all of that. When I'm holding that forgiveness, it's really not doing anything to him. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we feel like if we're angry at the other person, it's hurting them. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times it's not. Hurt yourself? You're hurting yourself. You just got married and you're in the market looking for a new house, or maybe you're trying to sell your house. Look no more. Evan Motley has got you covered. Reach out to him at 901-355-9286. Again, that's Evan Motley at 901-355-9286. Turning Heads Barbershop. Looking for a barber or a beautician? I got you. Turning Heads Barbershop is located at 2733 Bartlett Boulevard in Memphis, Tennessee. Turning Heads accepts walk-ins and appointments. Again, that's 2733 Bartlett Boulevard in the northeast part of Memphis. And ask for Andre Hunt. I heard someone say, this pastor say a long time ago, unforgiveness is like me eating rat poison, hoping my husband die. I hope mm. the other person, you know, gets right. ill or die. And that is the fallacy of unforgiveness. It has more impact on the person who's holding it than the person that you're holding it against. Mm. Let it go. And you know, I have people ask me all the time, you know, how do how, how do you forgive? I want to forgive this person. I just can't. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. It just like it's it's like we're deciding that we're gonna sit down and have this conversation today. Forgiveness is just as easy as making that decision. It's, we receive forgiveness through Christ and from Christ. Yes. So why we can't give that same forgiveness that we have received? Yes. Now is there yeah. steps to forgiveness because? It's, that's easier said than being done. And I'm going off personal experience. Mm -hmm. You want to forgive, but you don't know how to forgive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, you know, it's, I, I don't know if I would say that there are steps, steps. to forgiveness, mm -hmm. but if there was a step, if there were steps to forgiveness, mm -hmm. I would say that first step is to make a decision that I'm not going to hold this against this person any longer, mm -hmm. that I'm going to release this person. That may mean that you need to go have a conversation with them to let them know what you did, what you said, how you behaved that really hurt me. Mm -hmm. um, it made me feel this way, but I am no longer going to hold that against you. Mm -hmm. I release you of that. Even if you still have those feelings, mm -hmm. even if those feelings and those thoughts and that pain is there, you make a decision, I am not going to hold that thing against you. And sometimes it is just as simple as saying that to that person, mm -hmm. that I'm not going to hold it against you anymore. And, and, and again, that's not saying that all of those thoughts and feelings are going to go away, but that is your decision. And I believe that when we make a decision to release someone, to you know, let the anger go, the bitterness go, the hurt goes, I think when all of those things go, the enemy goes too. Okay. And when the enemy goes and when he's out of there, then that opens up us to begin to receive love and joy and peace. And that allows us too to begin to have our prayers answered because the Bible tells us now mm -hmm. that if we're holding unforgiveness and uh, other people's faults against them, when we go to pray, God is not even hearing our prayers. 
So if you don't want to forgive someone for, for that person's sake, forgive them for your sake so that just your prayers can be answered and that you're not hindered in that way. And I think that once we you know, make that decision, I'm not going to hold this against you any longer. I'm not going to um, uh, be bitter or angry towards you. I think then we have to start filling ourselves with something else. Mm-hmm. We have to fill ourselves, begin to fill ourselves with the love of God, with the peace of God, with the joy of God. Basically begin to fill ourselves with the fruits of the spirit right. and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to reign in our lives so that we are, you know, not, you know, in, in that position, you know, to where we kind of double dutch it, you know, mm-hmm. today I forgive you right. tomorrow. I'm going to hold a grudge against you. Mm-hmm. You know, the next day is this, you know, tomorrow is something else. But we, when we begin to practice those spiritual uh, disciplines, uh, prayer and fasting, worshiping, reading the word of God, uh, meditating on the word of God, and we're filling ourselves up with different things and praying for that person too. That helps with forgiveness a lot. Because if you you are a person who is um, a person of prayer and you can pray for someone and also hold uh, unforgiveness towards them, continue to pray because those two are just not going to go hand in hand. And I believe that those prayers for that other person will begin to break the yokes. But, you know, um, making that conscious decision that I'm going to release them and I'm going to let them go is that first step. And then again, pressing towards something different, having the faith that I don't have to feel angry. I don't have to feel the bitterness. I don't have to feel this unforgiveness and that I can be free. Free, and I can be free of whatever it is that person did to wrong me. And that forgiveness is a part of freedom. Right. Unf- unforgiveness is really selfishness mm-hmm. because you're holding it and you, like my wife said, you're thinking it's going to affect the other person. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness means giving up resentment and the desire to punish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once that's, that's your main goal, why would you want to punish your spouse Mm -hmm. why would you want to punish someone that you are in it to the rest for the rest of your life right you know you want to see them not be punished but you want to see them be uplifted you want to see good things come to them you know by act of your will you let the other person uh you let the other person off the hook Mm -hmm. and as a christian you do not do this under duress scratching and screaming in protest Mm -hmm. you know you are being gentle with them Mm -hmm. and actually this is one of our our scripture i encourage all married couples Mm -hmm. to get a foundational scripture and actually this is ours uh ephesians 4 32 it says be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving each other just as god and christ has forgiven you Mm -hmm. when i say having a foundation whenever the conflict comes whenever those things arises. We go to the scripture. This mm-hmm. is what we said that we're going to do to each other. Right. We have a scripture that we read. I read it and say, this is what, this is how I am to treat my wife. Mm-hmm. And she do the same for me. And that's our foundational right. scripture that we're able to go to God. When we have an issue with one another, we can go to God and say, okay, what do you say about it? And this is what he says. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. That's very interesting. And forgiveness is probably one of the hardest things, like I said before, to do. But again, like Marie said, 
having faith and pushing forward, mm-hmm. like tug of war. Right. You got one of uh, the devil on one end, and then you got Jesus on the other end. Mm-hmm. He's telling you to come this way, yeah. but the devil pulling you on the other end. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And you have to decide, you know, which voice you're going to hear he, and which direction. He's you're influencing go. you to come to his side. Come yeah. to his side. Because right. he's telling you it's a lot easier. You know, people always say the grass ain't always green on the other side, but he's telling you the grass is green over here. That's a lot. You gotta listen. It's just another shade of green. Right. Because yeah. what you ain't dealing with on this side, you're gonna deal with, with on the other side. side. Right, right. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. I'm enjoying this one because like I said, I'm listening more because this was something I needed here for myself. Anything else? But you know, as we're wrapping up, I just wanna um leave this with you all. Mm-hmm. Um, many times God uses our spouse as sandpaper mm-hmm. to smooth out the rough edges in our life uh that maybe don't reflect Christ. Mm-hmm. Um it has been often said marriage is not about about happiness. But marriage is about holiness. And when we enter into that marriage relationship, you know, God is, is you know, he begins to prune us and begin to cut things away that are not um, bringing glory to him. So, you know, it, it, you know, that conflict that's coming up, it may not be just about your spouse. Mm-hmm. It may be something, an area in your life where God is saying, you know, something that needs to go mm-hmm. because that particular thing, whether it's anger or bitterness or strife or whatever it is, that particular thing needs to go so that I can begin to use you and begin to use you and your marriage uh, for my glory. So when we enter into the marriage relationship, we have to remember that um, our marriage relationship is that ultimate accountability relationship. And we have to be in it to hold each other accountable. Even in these times of conflict, mm-hmm. we have to hold each other accountable and uh, be accountable to ourselves, um, to each other, and also to the Word of God as marriage, married couples. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. She is, I love the way she closed it out. She always put that uh on the end of it. I love it. Well. Thank y'all again for listening. Anything else you got to say, Chris? You good? I'm good. All right. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, um, like, again, it's always a counsel for me. And hopefully it's a counsel for everybody else that's probably out there listening. And we enjoy y'all. We appreciate y'all listening. Thank y'all. We'll be back with you next week. Thank you.